Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma. The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you think that you're gonna go and accomplish something really special and be the best in anything in the world, and you think you can do it without working, you make a big mistake. Because no matter what I did, if it was in bodybuilding or in acting or if it was in, in, in the political arena, uh, it always took a lot, a lot of work. And you got to put out and you got to, you know, something to make a lot of sacrifices notice. If you're not willing to work hard, forget about it. So there's another rule that is very important work like hell. I mean, you just have to put in, you know, 80 hour, 80 to 100 hour weeks every week. Yes, I get up at crazy hours, whether it's three o'clock in the morning, by the way, when we were talking in London, mm -hmm. I was getting up at three because I had to be on set by seven. So whatever time my call time is, so my call time is at seven, then you back your clock up four hours and then that's when I get up and I'll train twice. I'll get the cardio in and breakfast and then I'll go hit the weights. Clanging and banging, we call it. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. I will run. You will not be outworked. I will not be outworked. Period. You know, you might have more talent than me. You might be smarter than me. You might be sexier than me. But if we get on the treadmill together, right, there's two things. You're getting off first, or I'm gonna die. It's such a simple, basic concept. It's the, the guy who is willing to hustle the most is gonna be the guy that just gets that move forward. I always believe that the, the bridge between reality and a dream is work. Um, and I always, in moments of despair and doubt and dark days, uh, a focus on, on the work. I show up and I work and I work and I work and I work. The only thing that you can control that influences success in life 
is how hard you work, how honest you are, and how well you deal with others. You can control those variables. You can't control how lucky you are, although the more you work, the luckier you get. You have no influence on the intellectual capabilities that God did or did not give you, but you can work as hard as possible. You can be scrupulously honest so that people respect you, and you can get along with others because nobody does anything by themselves. Nobody you know has actually created success without working their face off. Hello and welcome to the Roll Call Room podcast that pissed off shitbag Steve Commanders and cost my daddy his job and then pissed them off yet again with his number one book, Mental Health Barricade, on Amazon. And now your host, my Uncle Mike, and best-selling author, my daddy. Fuck you, Commanders. Up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of Mike Exotic. I am one of your hosts, Nick. With me is my co-host, Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Mike, how the hell are you? What up, what up, what up, what up? What have you been up to? How are you doing? How's life treating you? Oh, it's just great. It's great. Yeah? Yeah, buddy. So this is a very special episode. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to love it. One of your fucking games. Yep. There will be a game on here. Um, What you'll call it. uh, With us are the spouses of Nick and Mike, which we have never done before. Ladies, hello. I think you've done us before, but yeah, I know. <laughs> you've well, that's first knowledge you've Nick, you've done them before? What? Yeah, right. what? Well you said we've never done before, that each of you have never done before, but right. and you obviously and then you said so no, you've no, done no, us before. No, 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 no. Then the both is proceeded to say, Oh no, Nick, you've done us before. <laughs> You know, we have kids. We have proof. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. No? So we invited the spouses <laughs> on to talk about, um, you know, being a Leo spouse, uh, what it's like, what uh, what are the pros and what are the cons. Uh, there are a lot of Leo spouses out there that have just their uh, significant others have just gotten into the profession or their boyfriend, girlfriends uh, are about to start the profession. So this is a good way um, to give them an insight into the wonderful world of law enforcement and the wonderful ride along that we put our family through um, and they don't get the pay or the benefits of 
of it and the training. Um, Mike has been in law enforcement longer than I have. Um, so uh, the thing about this episode is, is both spouses uh, knew, uh, knew us before we were in law enforcement. So that's kind of key because um, they can kind of speak to the transformation of how we were great guys and then we turned into complete <laughs> Oh what the, the what the fuck is, is Christmas light show? That I mean, that's all that was going through my head was the Christmas yes. light show at Jones Beach. That was the best freaking. I mean, they, day technically, ever. you were on the job then, so I guess you could blame it on the job. But yeah, it was it was pretty. Mike cool. lost we'll, his shit. Well, we'll tell that story in in a little bit because uh, it goes towards. Um, you know, PTSD. It goes towards <laughs> uh, making excuses. Okay, I can't, I can't go to the light show anymore. Uh, For the record, fuck you both. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you wish, buddy. You wish. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we'll start with Lisa mostly because I want to watch Mike squirm for a while. Now, okay. <laughs> Mike, you can you could interject at any time. No, I just you know going on the record again. I hate your fucking games. <laughs> We're not even at the game part. I, I know. I don't even know if and I then, explained the game and then, to listen, me well enough. And I so. was, listen, before I got on the job, I was a douchebag, and I'm a douchebag now. So I don't no, think there's any. Not. Game. You are not, Mike. I, I would. I, I just sit back and listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what I intentionally did was is. Um, uh, Mike's wife, Lisa, is in a separate room than him. Most professional. Because, this is professional. Well, mostly because Lisa couldn't figure out or Mike couldn't figure out how to hook up a second microphone, excuse me, microphone and a headset. And then um, hearing Lisa try and uh, <laughs> install Google Chrome. With the, with the dog barking. You with shit that's compatible barking. with Mac. What the fuck? You're like an Apple guy. You, you yeah. don't have something that doesn't huh. work with it's very simple. Just download Google Chrome. I mean, I don't know how much more simple it could be. And then follow. And then, the and then I'm sitting there like, ah, it says to put it in my folder. <laughs> it says it goes into my app it's folder. Put the but, folder next to where you have to slide it. But where? Well, where, it didn't work. And I slid my, it to the desktop, and it worked perfectly. Where is so. my app folder? I don't know where my app folder is. I gotta put it in the app folder. <laughs> the whole plug for Apple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Lisa, you and Mike met. Uh, how old were you guys? You were in high school, right? Um, we were 13, 14 years old. Wow. So, I mean, he was a he was a nice guy, right? Yeah, he was. He was nice. Oh yeah, I, I like him. <laughs> he, he, uh, he was. He was nice. I liked him. I mean, I've been with him for twenty eight years. Yeah. Lisa, didn't he push you? <gasps> Oh, that was, so Mike and I actually, oh. so we know each other, yeah. our families know each other way before. Um, so when Mike's mom was pregnant with Mike, mm-hmm. my mom knew her mm-hmm. and lived on the same block and I am a year older. So, um, you're a year older than Mike. Yeah. You didn't know Mike I likes didn't. older women. Yeah. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. out of the other guys that you were seeing. Oh, and hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Let's go back to the part where you pushed her. There's no post that I pushed her. So I, let's, oh, let's I remember this story. Yeah, let's, let's I, I don't the domestic. I was, it, so, hold on. I'll, I'll take it from here. All right, go ahead. I so, guys. Yeah, Mr. Softy, living in Queens. Mr. Softy comes up, and I'm all excited. How old were you? I don't know. We were young. We were young. I don't know. If I still lived there, I, I was maybe three or four. Like, yeah. this is like ridiculous. You tell somebody that they push somebody, they're going to think that there was a domestic situation. It's a cute story. Sean. No, this bitch cut me offline. She cut my, yeah. she cut me in line for Mrs. Softy. So I pushed the bitch into a fire hydrant. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I don't care. She's and three. that's where she fell in love. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she fell in something. I don't know about love. <laughs> <laughs> she hit the hydrant, though. Jesus Christ. Lisa tells the story a lot better than you do because yeah. she does it like lovingly. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound loving from Mike. Um, so let's back up. Um, Mike, Mike's, uh, Mike finishes uh, somewhat of college and says, hey, I want to join the NYPD, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I finished college. <laughs> went, went right into I'm talking the- to Lisa. I, yeah. Went- yeah. I'm talking to Lisa. Please be quiet. Um, so- what is this an was that an aspiration of his all along or did it just like just one day he was like you know what i don't want to be a fireman anymore i want to <laughs> i want to be a police officer sanitation <laughs> sanitation sanitation um, yeah uh, yeah no he 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 was going to be on one side of the law or, or the other so i just said whatever side you choose you're going to be faithful to that side that was yeah. it well, I mean, <laughs> NYPD was there fear of like joining him joining the NYPD? No, 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 not at all. I was very supportive of it, and I thought it was great, and I thought it was good. Graduation day, it hit me a little bit. I was yeah. like, "Oh, great, we're graduating. Hope he lives next week." You know, like, yeah. um, but it for the most part, I, I was supportive. So I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd have to say she's, you know, I graduated college in um, June mm-hmm. and I was right into the police academy in uh, July 1st of 01. And then uh, 9-11 happened and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of took everybody, you know, back a little. But she's been supportive of me from uh, from day one. So I got to uh, thank her for that. So do you, I mean... He gets out of the academy. He starts working on the street. Do you start noticing a little difference in him? Do you notice, you know, off duty swagger? No. I mean, I, I have to be honest. I think it was it was probably years and years later because we we were busy. We had the kids. We I was working. We were running around. I, you know, he, you Mike know, did you for a year from <laughs> from, from us? Yeah. Yeah, well, that was before we were married, though. But um, yeah, I was pregnant with Haley at your wedding. But I just I don't know. I just kind of never thought about it Mm -hmm. until probably many, many years later on that I was like, oh, this isn't how everybody else lives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't the way other people think. Like it really changes the way that you think even as spouses and your family, you don't realize it um, until I, I think it's not right away, but I, at least I didn't for me, but took a while. Sometimes I catch on to things a little late. So no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Is that why she's not, not in the club. Yeah. So. Not at all. 
just before we went on and I said, be quiet. She said, for how long? <laughs> and then be quiet during the opening. And I, I said, did really good episode. And you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're on the show. Like, <laughs> what a catch, Mike. What a catch. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, um, so yeah. the, the ch- yeah, you can hear my cat in the background. Uh, Mike's dog and my fucking cat. What a perfect combination. Um, it's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> I We're mean, all inclusive. Do you, so your, your husband becomes a cop. Do you start fielding or did you ever lose friends because he became a cop? No. No, no I friends. Don't. Well, you live in an area where they love the cops, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, all our friends are pretty much pro-cop. Um, I'm not really that friendly either. So. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, She's kind of friendly. Off it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean. But yeah, th- we do have a lot of cops. I mean, uh, there's there's lots of cops around here. Yeah, you I live think. in cop land. Yeah. Um, now, when you see stuff on, on the news and stuff like that about Mike's agency or, or any agency in in the United States with the hatred towards police. I mean, does that affect you as a spouse of a, of a cop? Does it make you feel um, like your sacrifice that you make with Mike is devalued in any way? I think it just makes me more angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, commute to the city every day. And, mm-hmm. well, well, I was before the, the virus and um it, you know, that, I think that's when it really did start sometimes to hit me when I used to see different things and see police officers going towards somebody who I really didn't want to be near mm-hmm. and thinking then, oh, shit, my husband does that, <laughs> you know, so that really. Well, not um, anymore. I mean, he rides a desk. You know. um, but <laughs> I think it just makes me more angry. And Yeah, and- it definitely makes you more angry because, I mean, we're watching the news and, and you know, some bullshit, uh, you know, they didn't want to call the cops. And, you know, before I could say anything, you're just like, well, call a goddamn crackhead then. Let the crackhead deal with the job. <laughs> yeah. I can beat the shit out of themselves. Who cares? You know, I just kind of sit back and let her, you know, ride the wave. Yeah, because I, I do see, like, um, I also work outside of, you know, not I'm not in the club like you guys. So no. I um I see a lot of different point of views and, and some of them just they don't understand. They they, they don't get it. And it's it's you interesting know, to see even, their perspective and then know what even, I'm thinking. Even like um, you know, uh, you know, we went to that one party with some of your coworkers and you know, they they kinda like, you know, oh, does that really happen? And I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a different world. They, they don't, they don't understand. And it's good that, you know what? I think that's the sacrifice that people in our situations make and, and we signed up for it, you, you know, so you so it. that they can, yeah. you know, live that way and, and be safe. And especially the holidays. I mean, the holidays have got to be the hardest for you, for you guys, you know, like not having like new on the job, um, and we'll get to, we'll get to me. Um, I mean, I think the first three years I didn't Thanksgiving and Christmas, I never, ever got off. Um, and I was on nights and I think Mike, you were on nights when you first started too, right? Yeah. And, um, that, that completely fucks up your family life too, because when you're sleeping, they're awake and when they're awake, you're sleeping and it's just, it's just, it's just weird. You know, Unless it's my case. I'm sleeping all the time. 
Well, you do that now at work. So, um, I, I hear one of your kids in the background. Going, mom, 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 mom. Step it. She's going, step it, step it. Sign language. We're doing a show. We're doing an international show. I bet it's your godson. It's it is. In 45 countries and 50 yeah. places. That's your godson, Nicholas. Oh, I knew it. it hey, bud. Um, he can't hear you. He uh, <laughs> later. He listened. I mean, Mike, when you when you came out of the academy, did you like start prepping Lisa and things would start changing or anything would change? <laughs> Are you talking to me? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, your godson is is telling me that you're going to break my balls on the show and. He's making all these comments. So I was listening to your godson and not yeah, you. I, that actually was directed at Mike. Oh, well, he was looking at me on the screen. Like, are you going to answer? Sorry. And this is a huge deal that's going down. The question was for you, Mike. Uh, did you prepare Lisa at all for the changes that were going to happen? Um, no. No. Lisa, no. in her head, no. No, absolutely not. No, because you know what? Um, I, I guess rolling into the job, you don't know what the changes are. Yeah, you know. Like, I think you you were the first one who gave us that book, uh, "Love a Cop," and he was yeah. on the job for like how many years before? And I was like, "Oh, this is this is kind of helpful." It's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Why are you pulling me? What's the question I was going to ask? Um, how soon into the job was your first injury, Mike? Um, injury that was down on paper or just an injury that injury where you needed to call Lisa. Um, it was probably, I don't know, maybe six years in. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I didn't feel that I, and she's, she's, I know, I I I don't know. She, she doesn't know. Um, just, um, yeah, probably like maybe Four, maybe four or five years in, mm-hmm. chasing a perp, I hurt my leg, I hurt my knee, um, and um, you know they're like, "Oh, we're gonna call your wife," and I'm like, "No, nah, don't call her. I mean, she doesn't need it." They're like, "Well, you can't drive home." I'm like, "All right, you know, I was in a, I was in a brace from my ankle all the way up to my nuts." Mm-hmm. Um, Good thing they're small. Yeah, so I had to, uh, I had to call her, and I'm like, you know, listen. Uh, Hey, like, hey, babe, uh, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, what happened? I'm like, um, you know, um, I'm at the hospital, I, you know, yada, yada. And she's like, all right, I'm coming there. I'm like, no, you don't need that. And then I hear her, like, rushing around, getting dressed, putting, you know, getting the keys to the car. And I'm like, no, listen, I'm fine. Trust me. I'm, if I wasn't fine, I wouldn't be calling you. And, uh, you know, I basically, you know, yelled at her to stay home. Because uh, did you give her? Did you give her the same caveat, the same thing that I told Nicole, which was, if I'm not calling you, something's wrong. If I'm not calling right. you, if somebody else is calling you that I'm hurt, then then it's there's something wrong. And then I also here in Virginia, I always prepared her that if they told her what hospital I was at, because each hospital here has a different level of trauma, and I told her if they say that he's at this hospital you need to get there fast like 
it's it's pretty serious. Well, I mean, it's funny, like like um, you know, and she doesn't know this, but my emergency contacts are not her. Oh no, I know that. Oh, you know, I told you that. Yeah. Um, just just for the fact that you know, I, I don't, you know, it was it's me because when you were having the sex change operation and the oxygen level wasn't correct and they thought you were going to die, that's when I got the phone call. Right. They actually you to give me mouth to mouth, but you just got to put I your came mouth right somewhere else. Right. And in him. I came. Yeah. I, I watched over there. <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful. We looked into each other's eyes. You came in me. Good. I came in floor. <laughs> we, we used the code word and everything was fantastic. So, Nicole, what was your first reactions? Um, Nick prepared me pretty well. He gave me that book, like not even kidding you, like during field training. Um, so I read I Love a Cop like right away because I'm a reader, as you guys know. Nerd. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that, you know, he was very transparent. I mean, he talked to me about, um, you know, all the stuff he went through. I think the the hardest thing that I was not prepared for was the accident he got into on Christmas Eve where he spun out in his chief's charger and I got a phone call (laughs) um, saying that he was in the hospital um, and that I needed to go down there. And um, they said, I can't, I think they sent Gordon down um, to come take me down to the hospital to come get him because he had herniated a disc in his back and he was all messed up. And yeah, that, was, that was pretty bad. I remember that. in the morning on Christmas Eve and I had to go to work the next morning. Um, so that sucked. And then um, the other time was uh, I was at work and I got a phone call about another accident that he got into. Kind of to a lot of accidents. Yeah. And, uh, and you can't and, drive. I had two other officers that are close friends of both of us calling me off the chain. Not anymore. Yeah, sadly enough, neither of them. Not Um, anymore. But they called me and they were like, listen, he's at that hospital. Yeah. The one that he just talked about. And I was like, holy shit. Like, what am I going to do? That's the one where I thought I was going to, I was paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. And he was out of work for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucked. Um, and then there was another one. Like, I can't even think, like, when you're rookie years, like, they really sucked. There was that time you fractured your orbital bone and your chief brought me to the guy, mm-hmm. to his his bed and was like, this is the piece of shit that. Jesus Christ. How many? I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you can't shot. drive and you can't fight. Dude. You know what? <laughs> Did you catch anybody chasing him? All right, maybe you can run. This dude was high on PCP. <laughs> and let me let me backtrack and let me tell you. He was high on PCP, and it took like five officers to get this guy down. And he was a big dude. And the only reason why um, I remember it so well was because the de- the chief at the time um, brought me in to, over to his bed and was like, this is the piece of shit that, did that, that fractured your husband's orbital bone. That's because he was trying to get behind him. And yeah, that, some man love. So the backstory of that was is that I chased a dude on a moped, and uh, I pulled him over and I started doing field sobriety tests on him, and he failed miserably. And I put one handcuff on him, and he turned real quick, 
and he got me right right in the fucking orbital bone. But I didn't feel it at the time. And it was me and uh, a buddy of mine. Um, and we just were fighting this guy and fighting him and fighting him. And um, we almost shot him. We almost killed him. I know OC was deployed because OC, you guys were covered baton. in it. I mean, I, I hit this guy yeah. with a baton in the knee and he was just like, don't fucking do that again. <laughs> All right, we're putting this away. And, um, you know, we it was like a fight for our life. And um, he ripped my badge off and like flung it across the road. And I'll never forget this because this is a this is the type of leadership. This it, my sergeant at the time is now a captain and my sergeant at the time uh, was like, well, you're going to need to pay for that badge to replace that badge. And I was like, fuck how I feel. <laughs> You're worried about a $55 fucking badge. I mean, that's just, that's just pure example of just poor leadership. Like didn't give a fuck that I was hurt. Didn't care. Um, just the shitty, shitty situation. I do have to say though, your chief at the time was wonderful. Mm -hmm. He was the best. He made sure that somebody came and got me and took me down there. And I had your keys to your, your car and a cruiser to get your car and take mm -hmm. you home. So I, I do have to say, um, your previous chief, <laughs> previous, excellent guy, previous, you know, current. stand up guy and cared about my feelings, made sure that I was okay. Made sure the kids were okay. Previous. Gave me a cell phone number was like, hey, listen, you need anything, call me. You know, we talk about, you know, injuries and, and you know, golf a bit if, you know, you know, we had a line of duty death. Um, you know, Nick and I always, we knew what to do. We, you know, we spoke, you know, privately if, golf a bit, something happened to me. Um, or, if, why, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? She's laughing because that's some someone, remember? Oh, golf bit anything happens to you. Please. I'll take I'll take Anthony. care of your wife. When you know Anthony, if you're listening, the conversation we remember. secretly was is I got the thumbs up. So yeah. Don't yeah. But uh you guys out on patrol, you know, I know you guys do the same thing. So just you know, don't want anything to happen. If you have that letter, you know, give it to your partner and vice versa, man. Just you know, it's yeah, we got a letter tucked away in my vest. Uh, for the family and um you know luckily that that never i never had to use uh use that letter but yeah you know it's the conversations that you don't want to have but you really should be having with your partners which is you don't want a commander knocking on the door or calling your family because they suck like yeah. they're not good at being compassionate they're uh, like you go on death scenes with them and it's like it's god awful. It's terrible. Good job. But they're terrible at it. They're just like, hey, yeah, you know what? Yeah, but see, you don't understand. It is, there's so much desensitized. Um, we're so desensitized, right? But you don't understand. I, you know, the public is one thing. Listen, I've been to plenty of homicides. I've been to plenty of DOAs, bad DOAs, and yeah, you do. You know, you get a, a um, you get desensitized towards it. But when it's an MOS, a member of the service, it's a little different. You got to treat it like a family member, but they just, yeah. they're just like, you know, eh, eh, hey, they're injured. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that, uh, 
that uh that was a couple of accidents that i had a couple of injuries that i had um i think for nicole the tough part was the exit of the profession which mike your exit will be a little bit more um um, are you gonna say festive? What the fuck are you? Yeah. Doing? That's the way yeah. you, guys, you had that look on your face, like, um, let's have clowns and a yeah. circus. Yours and will be more jovial. Animals. Yours will be more jovial, not like mine, which was like, get the fuck out. So, well, let's. No, probably some which, people which, will be like, get the time? fuck out. <laughs> which time? Because the first time I left, which I retired, they treated me fantastic. Got me a cake. And I had a party at at this uh, this bar called Glory Days, and then the second time was like, which is funny because the same association that you know, <laughs> the same association, association that, that accuses fucking accuses you of stealing is the same one that paid for my first and this beautiful box that we have here and cry, and they're they're like, oh, we're gonna miss you. You're like the heart of community policing for the agency. What a joke! The second time around was Glory Hole. They took second, the second time around was like. First of all, it was like COVID. Yeah. So it was terrible because I went with him. My second time was like this. <laughs> and I was so disgusted because they took all this shit and threw it in a bio bin. Yeah, they just took they threw it in a shit. bio bin. And they were like, get out. Get out. Uh all right. Well, we're gonna take a uh we are gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back. Uh so hang tight, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Nick. Bro. What's up, Al? Did I tell you that we just started a brand new coffee company? I heard the rumor. Is it true? Yeah. Roll Call Room Cafe. The freshest coffee that you will ever get. We roast, ground, package, and ship right from our own cafe wow. located in the blessed commonwealth of virginia go to roll call room cafe and you could get three different brews mike really rookie sergeant and chief that sounds amazing the best part is that our chief blend isn't a fucking prick well, you know what? Where can I buy it? Rollcallroomcafe.com. Get it today. All right, folks, we are back from break. All right, I have them. Oh, my God. So, folks, behind the scenes while we were on break, you know, I, I, I always try and do, like, <laughs> what the fuck? God bless you. 
I, I really hate for the record that I can't see Nicole. This is a shit show. This is this should be it should be named the shit show. Yeah, I, I can see you guys. I love you. Here's the thing. Like we're in break and we're gonna play the question game. And the fans that have been with us forever know what the question game is. And I said to Mike earlier, I text him and I say, come up with five questions that you're gonna send Nicole. And she's going to ask me those five questions. No holds barred. And then I'm going to message Lisa and she's going to ask Mike these questions. No holds barred. Okay. It's very simple. I have seven. So what does Mike do? He comes up with five questions and gives them to Lisa. Seven. Seven. And I said, I came up with two. (laughs) Christ. Like seven. Jesus. I don't, know, I don't know why I even made a cartoon of you. I still don't understand what's a big you, We're just going to ask each other questions. So let's start. <laughs> Nick, you see what I fucking deal with? No. <laughs> I see, see what Your you first mistake was that you texted Mike about the rules of the game. I hate all these fucking games. He hates the games. Because I hate the games. He sucks at these games, especially like. The Price is Right and, and all that. He you know did what, Mike? Horribly. Watching him throw up from the the Buffalo Wild Wing, whatever it was, well worth challenge, it. was well worth it because well I cried. That was terrible. My my ass. I watched that at work. I shit for three days straight like lava. He was. He did. And you know what? I'm not even lying. He stuffed up the toilet and I made him clean it. Yeah. I refused. It was like different colors. It was I was really like, weird. I can't deal with this. I'm using the bathroom it downstairs. Really you fix that. Yeah. All right. So wait, hold on. All right. So, so you're Nick. You're going to text Lisa questions to ask me. Correct. We're and then, one at a time. I'll and ask, then, and ask one. Nicole will ask one. Nicole has the questions already. Yeah, I have them. Jesus I have seven. Christ. No, Nicole, you got the questions that I have. Yes. Yeah. Seven. You know what? There's a, it's a, this is when, when I, when a certain somebody, I feel like Monica said, from friend seven, 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 seven. When a certain somebody said that this show was going downhill or, or thinking it, it officially now is. Oh, oh stop. Come on, Mike. Tell him. is a hell of a drug. <laughs> all right. So let's save it. Let's go. Let's play this game. All right. All right. So Nicole will ask the first question of me. Okay. Did Nick have an imaginary friend? No, I didn't have an imaginary friend. <laughs> Tell um, us the truth. Tell us the truth, Nicholas. I well, never had an imaginary friend. We've been together like 21. No thunder, buddy. Married on Monday. And I could honestly say he's never said anything ever about having an imaginary friend. Oh, God. Okay, is it my turn now? Yeah, now you have to ask Mike this question. All right, Mike. Oh God! Oh God! Um, Put if the you kids could, to bed. If you could fuck one farm animal, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm gonna say a pig. Woo-hoo! Because because I want to hear it squeal. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Mike, I have to say your questions were not go big or go home. No. Yeah, well, mine was number seven and six. I'll send some new ones, Nick. Nicole. Okay. That's terrible. Go ahead. Ask yours. Okay. Um I'm gonna skip number two and go to three. Who is Nick's celebrity man crush? Oh, I've already said that. It's Bruce Willis. Okay. I love him. I would do terrible things to him. If 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 having an ass baby was a thing, I would get him pregnant, or I would let him get me pregnant. An ass baby. <laughs> an ass baby. Like if I can, if I can, um, you want to get you, you want to get ass pregnant from Bruce Willis? Yeah, but what do you call that? Like from aliens, where they lay a seed in you, like gestation, gestation period. I think that's right. Like if I can do that in my ass and have his baby. And we can have an ass baby. Yeah, we officially hit fucking rock bottom. I would, yeah. I would do it. All right, Lisa, what uh, what do you got over there? Uh, All right, I got a good one. Hold on. Um, if Mike had a choice between his kids being hurt or taking a penis in the ass, what would he choose? I have to think maybe which kid. <laughs> Both. Because- and what kind of hurt are we talking? Yeah. I think we have a little, we need some clarification. He's like, I need the deets. Now nah, they can get hurt. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have good insurance. <laughs> I got good insurance. Aflac. You wouldn't take yeah. you wouldn't nah. it. A- this fucking exit only, Papa. Uh, exit that's only. Not true. Uh, that's not true. Oh, well, you know, only for certain. Bottle of Patron. That's all it takes to get that loose. I'll take a pinky. Just, just up to this knuckle, though. <laughs> to the knuckle. All right, Nicole, what do you got? Um, I can't read number five, so I'm going to skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go with number seven because I like Lisa's question. Um, what would you rather do, spit or swallow? Spit. Spit. What if it was I think- Bruce Willis? Swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Only because... Uh, Salt makes you retain weight. <laughs> That's what I heard. Interesting. That's my problem all these years. Oh, uh, there it is. <laughs> Folks. All right. Uh, Lisa. No? All right. Um, what celebrity woman does Mike, do you think you look like? What celeb- celebrity woman do I look like? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I'm sure Nick's going to have a cartoon about this, but... Um, Julia Child? I- oh! oh! We put the... Mrs. Doubtfire? I don't know. The bearded lady? I don't know. Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, Ro- no way! Ro- um, Rosie O'Donnell? From the movie. The yeah. circus movie. Yeah. yeah. The greatest... The greatest... Uh, yeah. Man or the greatest showman. This is the greatest show. Though there's a woman with boobs and beard. That does look like Mike. All right. Nicole, what do you got? Um, Mike, question number five. It says, What was Nick's favorite toy? And I can't read the word under that. Just in general, what's Nick's favorite toy? (laughs) Preference. Yeah. My microphones. Oh God! My microphones. I love my microphones. I have so many of them. Are you were talking about an adult to- adult toy? You should have specified, Mike. Lisa. I can't read the word underneath. That's the problem. His it, handwriting's terrible. I know. It's it's it's. That's what happens when you retire. Um, Mike, 
I mean, Lisa, ask your question. All right. Hold on one second. This is hard because I'm trying to send Nicole good <laughs> Okay. If Mike was a stripper, what would his stripper name be? I think I think we know this. I think. Let's see if we're what, on the same wavelength. What, what would my stripper... What would your stripper name be? Are we all... You, Come on. We talked about it. We talked about it? Come on. Well, maybe not in that. Come on. Come on. You, you got to know it. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage for the first night, making her debut. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Give a big hand for Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Bo. Fuck all you. Because you know what? You asshole was texting behind the scenes. <laughs> all right, folks, get those dollar bills Nick, out. Do you rem- do you remember Nick when you when you stripped for his grandmother on like her ninetieth yes. birthday? Yes. You know what's funny? Yes. I have. I had. I just looked at those pictures where you were bent over in front of me, Wiggle. and you had this fucking face on you, and I was holding my grandmother's head. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Listen, she was ninety years old. She looked bored out of her mind at your block party. I felt it was necessary for me to give her a lap dance, and you know what? She smacked my ass. <laughs> she, she did. And then from that moment on, she believed that I was a stripper. Yes. From that moment on. <laughs> All right. What do you got? I got one to go. Nicole, look at your phone. Okay, I have two. So I have one one that Mike gave me and one that you gave me. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go with Lisa's. Go with Lisa's? Okay. Um, would Nick leave a strip club if his daughter was dancing there? I fucking kick her ass. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible fucking question. I like yours better, Mike. I would fucking... I would... Oh my god! Oh, thank God I got boys. Oh God, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, okay, is it my turn? Uh, yeah. You need to give me a question. Um, I'm sending it right now. Mike, what would you do if your son's girlfriend over 18 sent a nude to you? With her face in it or not? With uh, her face in it. Bank bank? Probably show it to me. Listen, <laughs> he's he's been he's been uh, hooking up with some hot chicks. Oh, here we go. Come on. So uh yeah, I'd probably keep it. <laughs> Um, so well, of age, right? Of age. Be- 18. I made sure it's at 18. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, no I'll be- down, all right? Yeah, fuck. Oh, no. Are you kidding uh, me? Uh, uh, 18. All right, folks? 21. 21. Or put two 18-year-olds together and it's... 32. 32. 32. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. All right, Nicole, your last and final one. Um, oh wait! I just reply, I reply back to Lisa. Sorry. Um, oh, do you want me to do yours, Lisa? Yeah. No, do what Mike gave you one. Uh, yeah, he gave me one. Yes. What? Last... No, we're not answering that. That's terrible. I can, I can tell you. No. <laughs> what are you doing? Now? I can tell you. Well, that's not good. 
Hold on. Hold on. Nicole, it, Nicole, it sounds like this. No, he's quiet. He's quiet. He lets out a sigh of Oh. All right. All right. The fact that people may listen to this is just unbelievable. Not may listen to it. They are going to listen to it. Right? <laughs> out of it. We have your view, your readings may go down. I might have to there say. Are, listen, there are officers right now in their cruiser listening to this and either laughing or absolutely disgusted. One or the other. And you sick fucks out there, I know you're laughing. It's all good. <laughs> And we're keeping it pretty clean, I have to say. Are we? I know, we all, we're pretty I we're doing pretty good. I mean, I would have came up with more better questions if I had more I time. We're going to be better, Lee, because you're usually like on point. All right. I didn't find out until about like. This is your last question. About like. Mike. Oh, yeah, just because you found something fucking crazy. Now it's the last question. Go ahead. If you went on a camping trip with three guys and you wake up with a condom in your ass, what do you do? From personal experience, Mike, just draw up on that. Start the sentence off with, well, when it happened last time. I love that your face is so red right now. I, know. <laughs> I love it. Do you I, would, I would say not again. <laughs> but seriously, do you tell anybody? No, he'd be like, "How much?" No, right? I mean, the three guys are there with them. But do you tell anybody? Just, just, just zip up and move on. I just zip up and move on. Hey, you want to go camping next weekend? Let's go, buddy. I was waiting for it. Waiting for it. (laughs) What I'm talking about. Well, that's the question game, folks. (laughs) That is how we do that. Um, I hate games. So, um, let's dive right back into what we were talking about before the break. Uh, Because I'm sure there's going to be some spouses that are going to want to know what it's like um, or what they're prepared for. Um, Things, I'll ask Lisa this and then Nicole can answer it. Uh, Things that you think that you wish you could have gone back and done over again uh, about talking about Mike's job or things that have affected him on the job. Anything that you can think of, if you can go back in time and, and talk to him about. I, I think the difference is he doesn't share that much with me about the job. He's not a share. I, I share. He, he, so if she's saying you don't, you don't. Yeah. I mean, and you've already said that you've, you've protected, you've made it a job for yourself to protect me from it. Yeah. And right. there are certain things that you won't, that you don't tell me. Um, so I think if do you think she can't handle it, Mike? No, I just think it's a certain, um, certain things that she needs to know. You know, like I, you, I don't, I don't need, I don't need my family worrying about me going to work and and thinking about me. You know, God, is he going to get into a gunfight? Or God, is he going to chase somebody? Or God, is is something going to happen? You know, I don't need them going. I don't need every day going to work. You know, having them think that. You know, so it's just Do easier. Do you want to know that stuff, Lisa? No, but it, nobody wants to know that stuff. But it may help prepare for the days that you come home and you don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. You know, there's something off, and you don't know how to act, and you don't know. Then your mind just starts going, "Well, is it me? Is it what is it?" You know, and, and Meemaw has nothing to do with anything that. 
I even had control over. I mean, what so you- I think going back into the past would just maybe trying to have him tell me more, maybe. Well, we're not going into the past, so. <laughs> yeah, like we're like moments from retirement now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was really all that bad because I, I was, you know, I mean. No, see, but now if I told you shit, then it would have, it would have no, been I bad. Mean, I think it. I think it's definitely had its effect on us not telling us stuff, but it was there might have been some benefits to it. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong. Right, right. Just the right amount. Right, and that's that's all you need. You just need just to give the just enough, where it's oh wow. Yeah, but you can't you can't determine what's enough. You know that's not fair to the other person. So that's where you know that's where it's especially you're very moody. You're a very moody person. And that was before the job. I know, and it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah, very moody. Fuck you. Yeah, I love them. The people that sing at Christmas Carol. I wouldn't change them though. I mean, that's the whole thing too. I would as much as. I mean, he gets moody or whatever. I would, I would never change him in a million years. I would. love you, Mike. I would, I would love to change him. Yeah, you'd love to change me into a woman. You always are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, face, face down. So, same question for you, Nicole. Um, I think it's a little bit different for me. Um, because you were always transparent with me and, you know, there were a lot, a lot of bad nights that you had that you'd come home and, you know, you'd get into bed and you'd be really like sad and depressed and like pull me in and, you know, cuddle with me and snuggle with me and then tell me what happened. And you told me those things. Um, and then I think when I went to the sheriff's office, um, I understood what you shielded me from. Mm. And I did the same thing with you, with the things that I see and the things that I encounter on um, a daily basis um, working in the detention center. Yeah, that's the frustrating part of being um, a spouse of a corrections officer is I can't relate to it. Like I'm used to locking them up and dumping them off where you work. I'm not. I'm confined for 12 and a half hours a day. Um, with some of the people you've put away, um, unfortunately, because we work for the same city. Um, so, uh, and that's been an issue. Yeah. Like I, I've had, I've had, you know, inmates that have come up to me and been like, Hey, your husband's a fucking dick or Hey, your husband's a really good guy and helped me get back on track. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well that's why you're here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's that? How'd that work out for you? I think the, the, the main thing for spouses, um, or or Leo spouses or, or about to be Leo spouses. I can't, I can't emphasize how important that book. Uh, I love a cop is, um, it really does prepare you, but it's not even just that it's any book that you can get your hands on that just talks about helping somebody get through the, um, the mental health piece, you know, police mental barricade, the book that you wrote, um, is a definitely a great um, option to read now available at mentalhealthbarricade.com um, or on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, just to give you a heads up. Okay, enough plugging of your book. Um, but no, but in all seriousness. Um, well, she, think- she forgot to say it's uh, on audio. It is on Audible it's now. It's finally on Audible. 
But no, in all seriousness, um, I read the book as you were writing it. And I read it after the fact at work. And um, I had the opportunity to talk to other, you know, deputies that I work with um, that are close friends of mine. And it's still relevant as a spouse of a law enforcement officer, as well as somebody who wants to get into the profession um, for for both points of view. It definitely gives you more of an insight um, and an understanding of what you're going to see and how to approach it and how to feel about it and that it's okay to get help and it's okay to fall apart because yeah. unfortunately um, it's going to happen. Like you can't, you can't not at some point or another. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the chapter <laughs> on um, about it. the chapter on, um, um, Oh, that's right. I didn't get my book yet. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, Mike. It's coming. And I didn't even get a book. He gave the kids so, the book. And he didn't give me one. He didn't even autograph me one. He autographed you know, them you one. Know, you know who came first? Like I, I, I didn't get a book, but you know what I got? What? Oh, shit. Oh, did you get? Your what did you get? Oh, yeah. yeah, you still haven't blown it up. Yeah, wow. I, I got Judy. That's, got what I, that's what I got. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that we gave you a little bit of an insight into being a real shop. I think we're going to do this again, a little bit more structured, a little bit more questions. Um, but uh, one thing that we want to um, announce uh, that's super cool is that uh, the Roll Call Room now has their own blend of coffee. Yes. They are super stoked. Uh, we are opening up a storefront in the uh, Woodbridge, Virginia area. Uh, if you're down here on vacation, why you would be, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, but we will be uh, roasting. the Children's Museums. Yes, Lisa. You gotta, yes. got to go to the Children's Museum. Uh, we will be roasting. Uh, and grounding and packaging our own coffee. It is not imported, uh, already roasted beans, and then we grind them and, and ship them to you. It is fresh. So uh, we're super excited to import green beans from uh, around the world. Um, stay tuned. Uh, you can go on rollcallroomcafe.com. Uh, the bags will be up for sale there. They'll be eight ounce bags and 12 ounce bags. Uh, we greatly appreciate you guys supporting that. Send and some with my book. You don't drink coffee. Um, yeah, that's true. But the other thing is, is I want to give a big major shout out to Peacemaker Coffee Company. Uh, my buddy over there who owns Peacemaker Coffee. Uh, he has been my mentor through this thing. I love their coffee. I it still buy his coffee. He's been absolutely amazing and supportive. Uh, there will be a dual blend of a roll call room Ooh. and yeah, and Peacemaker Coffee uh, exclusive blend that we're going to put out a package uh, that's going to be a dual blend. We're working on that right now, but I'm telling you, Peacemaker Coffee Company, one of the best companies out there. Way better for, than Starbucks. Sorry. Uh, we can't say that. Um, I so, can. The 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 thing I want to emphasize is, is that most like chains like Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts they get their beans already delivered that are, that are uh, roasted. Um, and the freshness is just isn't there. So I um, want you to check out rollcallroom.com. Of course, our, uh, our website, Mike, what do you have for the fans? We're not expecting much from you, but go ahead. 
I just, want, I just want my book signed. <laughs> some you? coffee. And you're going to roll right out to the outro. So go ahead. You don't drink coffee. Uh, I would drink your coffee. Okay. Would you? I Le- would. Absolutely. Okay. What would you like to tell everybody before we sign off? Fantastic. It's beautiful. Nicole, <laughs> anything for the for the good of the order before we sign off? She's just st- sitting there. She's just staring. Like, oh, she's frozen? I mean, what the fuck? Hello? Um, yeah, look, still, nothing. <laughs> Me? Yeah. No, bro. You said Thank you for the fun evening. I love you guys. Jesus um, our oldest friends, happy anniversary. Your anniversary is coming up this week, as is ours. Yeah, my birthday. Um, enjoy your anniversary, guys. Love you. Um, stay safe, Mike. Ro, thank you for being on. Also, we didn't leave you out. I see you. What is up with them? <laughs> what is he, and you guys what are you like, saying? She, he's saying hello to you and to Ray Ray. Hey, oh Ray Ray. Hi. Wow. Even say he said, he did. He said it was. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh, so when right. are we coming back? I can't wait to be back. I oh, know. Yeah. No, <laughs> you guys. That's never. I happening. love you both. All right. Uh, come visit. Don't don't forget to check out Ferocious Beard Company. Also, uh, great sponsor of ours, uh, Salty Dogs Apparel, and of course Midnight Platoon, which is blowing up. Fans are buying their stuff left and right. Don't forget to go to midnightplatoon.com. Uh, check out their stuff. I really, really love it. Folks, be safe out there. And as always, if you need anything, reach out to us. Nick at rollcallroom.com. Mike at rollcallroom.com. And if you need any help, please reach out. Seriously, bro, when are you going to get me a book? <laughs> They're not free. Whoa. Mike, uh, I haven't even gotten one, and I'm uh, I mean, really? Like, you said I could write the forward, but now nothing. Nothing. I know, right? You can have us back on again. No. Yes. Come on. Come on. It was so much fun. It'll be fun. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you could get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today.